Welcome to the Dreams and Money podcast. Join me as I talk to inspiring, trailblazing millennials who are breaking barriers and being bosses in their careers and personal lives. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Dreams and Money podcast. As always, I bring you amazing conversations, amazing guests, inspiring guests. And this time I have Adora Mepa who is the CEO owner of Youth Models. So Youth Models is a high fashion agency based in London and you are looking to go into the global market and have a base in Africa as well. That is absolutely correct. But first, before we get into it, I'm going to read out some of the amazing things she's achieved. So with your models, you guys have represented huge fashion brands. So you've done e-commerce shoots, you've done from digital to print campaigns as well. Correct. You've done runway modeling during Fashion Week, from London Fashion Week to Milan Fashion Week to Paris Fashion Week. And your models have represented Valentino, Dolce & Gabbana, <laughs> Olivia Rubin, Givenchy, Philip Lim, Burberry, Miu Miu, Alexandra McQueen, Adidas, Gucci, and the list goes on, by the way. The list goes on. How have you been able to do this? I'm in awe. <laughs> mm. Okay, so um, it's been it's been a really interesting journey in the fashion industry. And um, I think basically hard work, I would say, and hard work, um, consistency and discipline has actually taken the agency from a startup stage to a growing agency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I remember when we first met, so we met through work mm-hmm. and one of the few conversations that we had, I remember it was sunny and I remember very clearly, I remember you being outside, it was sunny and it was during lunchtime and you had your your personal laptop with you and you were working away and I was thinking it's lunchtime what is this girl doing (laughs) and um you were like oh started telling me about the agency and just you know like you were doing your side hustle that is correct during lunch at your other job that's correct but not only did you have that you also told me you had another company as well oh yeah that one yes and I was like, wow. And then there's me here. All I do during lunch is I'll be browsing on ASOS, chit-chatting with other people, and you are putting in work. Like, mm. you're putting in work for your for your side hustle, mm-hmm. which is now your main hustle. That is absolutely correct, yes. It just always kind of stuck with me. I was like, she she doesn't stop, and you were pretty focused. I, I could see that you were focused, and the mm-hmm. fact that, like, for instance, you would tell me that, okay, like, after work, mm-hmm. you would then, let's say, go on to out scouting for models yes or just doing admin work for your agency or whatever else that you were doing yeah with your other business as well that you had at the time which I believe was a business consultancy that is correct yes yeah <laughs> and I was like again you're one of the people that I I saw and it really like stuck with me like mm. I never forgot it because it just kind of it was like a light bulb moment for me like mm. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. And there's always time. That's so No true. matter like, you know, you've got your main job, whatever, but there's always time. Yeah. Okay, so with the fashion industry, I feel like it's very clicky. Mm-hmm. You have to know the right people. Exactly. So how did you work your way in and find yourself into some of these like massive brands that you work with now? Okay, so basically how the fashion industry actually works is that we book um, jobs through people called the casting directors. So they are sort of the link between 
the modeling agency, all the models and the brand. So you need to know like a lot of casting directors. And then when I first started, because I didn't work for anyone first, I just literally went and straight and set in my agency. So I literally had to learn. I didn't know who these people are. I never even had the word called um, casting directors before. But when I did realise that these people do exist, um, what I did was basically go on Instagram and I would send a DM. I would literally DM them. I So what I did was go to the brand, first of all, and then I got the list of um, all the casting directors. So some of the brands would tag the casting directors and say, this is the person who casted, um, casting by this. And then I would follow the person and then I would DM them saying can I have your email or I would introduce the agency and say okay yeah can I have your email and when I do that I would then go to their page go to like a photo they've just posted or like um, from two weeks or a few posts back and then comment and say I've left a DM I'm looking forward to hearing from you regards so um, that is how I sort of got a lot of clients through Instagram yeah so basically and then most of the people I worked with here they would then say oh there's this person who is doing this you should contact them or so I had a point where people would actually refer me to someone and I would keep getting emails saying oh this person has sent your email over um do you have this model do you have that model so it sort of started growing from there but how I initially started was through Instagram I got most of our contacts let's say 80% of most of the casting directors we work with till now I got their contacts through Instagram so you're just like shooting your short in the DMs. Literally. And it yes. works. And Clearly it works, it works yeah. because obviously now like you've built those relationships yeah. and you've got those contacts you can yeah. just go to directly yeah. as well. Um, and I think something that's so special about your modeling agency is that you represent very young people mm -hmm. and it's a very diverse cast of models. That's correct. Um, yes. So you've got young black men from 16 year old white girls to the black girls to the Asian girls. Like it's very diverse. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you intentionally did or did it just kind of just happen because, you know, you live in London and London is, is diverse? OK, so um, when we first started, I... It wasn't diverse. Um, I had like a lot of, um, I had a lot of white models, first of all, because obviously when you first start something, you're a bit lost. And I met someone called Madeline. She is a casting director. She booked our first job ever. And then after the booking, I left her email saying, oh, I'm new in the industry. I do not know a lot of things. And it would be nice to meet up. And then she told me, oh, come to my studio, come for an IMO casting um, tutorial, come with your notebook. And then I actually did that. And we had this long session where she was telling me like a lot of things about the industry. And she went onto her website and she was like, I've sat with you. I've heard all about you. You've literally told me about yourself, but I'm looking at your board. It doesn't represent who you are. So like your board of models yes, don't represent you. Exactly. So she said that and um, I was like, right, she's white. And she's like, you just have plain white people all over your, um, all over your, um, yeah, your website. You need to be diverse. You need to be you. And then I literally sort of went back and I reflected on that. And from that point... Before we actually, we were actually called the gang models. And then I changed them. I know, I know. 
So I basically decided to leave or to work on the agency from inside out as opposed to just doing what everyone is doing. So I literally took a step back and I said, you know what, Adora, this needs to be you. And then since then, I started looking, I would now go to where I could find black models. I would go to communities where, you know, you would see black people. And yeah. I would look for the kind of models I want and the kind of models I'm looking for. So that is how we started getting really diverse. And right now, I'm literally at a point where I literally just want, not just only, but one of my um greatest desire is to see more black models on runway shows i always after every show i would literally do a head count of the number of black models that are on the show i know this is like so strange like this started like i think last year because i got to a point where i kept saying i can't see enough of people who look like me on the catwalk not like me but like my color you know yeah and that would literally trouble me. I would see a show, would go out and then let's say like 70 looks would go out and they're just three black models. And I, I think you follow me on Instagram. There was one time I literally just broke down and I, I was literally crying. Why is this so? It literally hurt me. And because of that, I've decided to like not just represent only black models, but get the best of the best black models and have them signed to youth models and put them in really pivotal yeah. places in the industry, yeah. But do you feel like now that's kind of your strong suit, really? The fact that maybe you can be known in the industry as the go-to person if somebody's looking for an Asian model or black model, you know, like a young black guy yeah. to model in their campaign, they know to come to youth models because mm -hmm. they are going to find the diversity they're looking for. I think that is absolutely correct because there was a time where I would always get emails, oh, we're looking for people of colour and it became a thing. So I was like, oh, so people are actually noticing that we do have like a lot of black models. And then I'm like, right, this is actually now a thing. And then we, you, Africa, you know that, right, obviously you're going to see like more black models yeah. on our books. Yeah. Um, so with, okay, so most of them are young, like your models are yeah. really young. So yeah. you've got um, Bolu, I believe. Yeah, Bolu, yeah. Who has, <laughs> I sometimes watch his Instagram. I'm like, how old is he? Bolu is, he's actually quite, not quite old. He is 22 years old. He looks really young. He looks so young. Yes, I get that a lot, yeah. So, for instance, Bolu did a Nike campaign that yeah. was in collaboration with Skepta. So, that That's was the, correct, is yeah. it SK? Yes, SK Short, if I remember correctly, yes. So, he did that campaign. He yeah. did an um, Adidas campaign. Yeah. He did um, a runway show for, is it Jacquemus? Is that how you say that? Yeah, yeah, that's how you say it. Which, <laughs> like, that particular show, it was yeah. it was in France. It was. In, it and was, it, was, yeah, it was, it was, like, in the middle of a field. Yes. And it was, like, one of the most beautiful yeah. runway shows yes. I've ever seen. Yes, and it was his 10th anniversary show. 10th? Yes. Wow. Yeah, and was, he managed to book, like, such an amazing gig. I so like that's somebody that you were working with for, for quite a while right mm -hmm. like and you just kind of cultivate them from like when they're a little bit younger and you work with them and you mold them into like these these big models in the industry mm -hmm. how does that feel for you like watching them grow mm -hmm. and flourish and kind of hit certain milestones mm -hmm. that for some models they never do mm -hmm. like some models never get to model for gucci ever yeah that's you know great. they they may reach a certain level but mm -hmm. they won't reach the high fashion brands that every single model would love to reach yeah so um when you see a model you kind of know who 
they would work for. So with Bolu, yeah, he has this really interesting face and so young, so innocent, so everything. So, I mean, right away, I knew he's going to book like top tier clients. But then, obviously, when he first started his first season, he was in, he was in Paris for Paris Fashion Week. And obviously, you have to go from costumes to costumes to costumes. And before you finally actually book a show. So, him booking that Jackie's show was... It was like a highlight. I was so, so happy because I was also in Paris as well for Bright Fashion Week. And, you know, going through like the days, no shows, and he finally booked that show. So it was really, um, it was really amazing. And then also when you see the models who you actually, I found him, if I remember correctly, in Bond Street Station. So, I mean, from that day, finding the model to the day where they actually do something great and just that feeling it's like oh my god you see i told you you're going to be great i told you you're gonna do this and then they then start seeing themselves as someone who is important and oh i actually am a good model and stuff like that so yeah it is it is really um such a, a feeling you can't really ex- express or you can express it or explain that's a word so you can't really explain like oh my god yes this model i found and he's doing this or she's doing this or that so yeah yeah like that, yeah it must be such a proud feeling as well mm-hmm, like because you you can't you have to cultivate a certain level of confidence as well mm, because mm. in an industry where you're told no quite yeah. a lot and you're rejected very often mm. you have to have kind of a resilience to yeah. keep going to keep pushing mm-hmm. even after you've been told 10 no's yeah you have to have faith that okay i'm going to book the next one is the 11th one i go to is going to be a yes um do you feel like there's a part of your job that includes making sure that your models are in a good headspace Mm. and because obviously the industry is quite critical of their looks as well that's correct which i can imagine would feel like a personal attack on you true like if i if i was a model and i'm being told no you're not right for us or all your look is not correct or all this is wrong with you or Like, you know, just constantly being rejected. Mm. At at some point, I'd be like, do you know what? This ain't for me. Mm. Do you feel like you have to continue to cultivate the confidence and work on their internal confidence and self-belief? Yeah, that is like, I would say, a majority of the work I do, especially with the girls, especially during Fashion Week. So I'm just going to give you like a few examples. So um, let's say for London Fashion Week, the girls come, some of them come from all over the world, from France, from um, Norway or thereabouts. And they're here for like a week and few days. And they obviously have told their friends, oh, I'm going for London Fashion Week. And then they have people who actually have expectations and some of them come with their parents, come with their families and all of that. So that extra pressure is on them and they definitely have to book a show and then first day second day no show and then they follow this models or they have models friends who are already working shows and then they come to me oh my god I don't think I'm like they don't like me I don't want to go for this costumes no more and I'm like you literally have to keep going it's gonna happen because if you don't go for a casting that means you're definitely not gonna work a show but if you keep going for a casting means you actually are going to work the show and then sometimes um, I do work with other agencies who would say, okay, for this season, let's say in Milan, we want the model to have their hair blonde or you need to dye the colour, silver colour or something. And then this 
definitely affects the image of the model like personally they feel like oh if my hair is not like this means I'm not going to book a show and then before I tell a model to alter their look I tell them if you do not want to do it do not do it okay but you need to know that you are actually beautiful with or without the hair or you need so I literally speak to them literally motivate them they need to keep going and then when the good thing yeah is that every single time that I keep pushing someone at the end of the day even if it's the last day they always book a show and then it's like tears the parents are like oh my god Adora said it oh my god I'm so happy <laughs> and all that and Sometimes I literally just break down and I'm crying. Aww. I'm like, oh my God, it is. It. Like they did it. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Yeah. With all of that work, I can imagine for some of them, at the end of the day, some of them may just be like, you know what, this is not for me. At what point do you realise, like, do you know what? Maybe they're not made for this because it's a cover world and I feel like it's not for the faint-hearted. No, it's not. So, yeah, that is a tricky question. So sometimes you literally represent a model who, before I sign a model, I see who they can work for, who they can't work for. And some I do work with a photographer and a scout who would, <laughs> and they're going to hear this, who would always say, oh, I do I sign this model. And I'm like no and they can't really um sometimes they're like why this person's gonna bring money this is gonna do this that's gonna do that i'm like no it's not gonna work it's not gonna work and sometimes they do not understand eventually then sign when i send a model and then they're like what do you see in this person i'm like just wait you're going to see as well and then after a while they see what i'm talking about maybe the model does like an exclusive or does this i'm like but i told you but sometimes you do work with a model who sometimes would then add weight doesn't care about how to look and really doesn't care anymore so at that point where you feel like they've altered their look and it's more like they actually don't want to do it you just let them go because you keep sending them out to a client or to casting directors and they're not getting option for work. I mean, I just know that, you know what, it's over. Like it's not kind yeah, of worth not doing. Work. Yeah, yeah. And what about when the models, let's say you've been working with the models mm -hmm. and then now they feel like, you know what, Adora, I don't want to work with you now, you know? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big model, you know, I've been doing amazing campaigns yeah. or maybe I've done Gucci or maybe they've done LV or maybe they've done <laughs> Mew Mew. Now they feel like, I'm, t I'm not on Adora's level. I'm no longer on the youth model's level. Like, I'm on a bigger level now. Yeah. I'm bigger than this. Like, yeah. has that happened and what's your kind of experience with that? How do you deal with that? Um, That has actually happened not once so what you normally do sometimes the models get poached by other agencies who okay. would offer them you know if you come to my agency we're gonna we have more clients and all that and then you obviously are a startup not really a startup but you are actually quite new in the industry and you do not have as much clients that they do have so obviously they are promising this model this is this, this and then obviously they would think oh you know what I could actually do more and yeah then they leave but one thing I am learning to do is not to not be emotionally attached to the models I mean I do this like full time so I'm saying that I'm not going to be attached to my job like emotionally is like you know what I'm not interested in the job but this is something I do full time this is something I love this is my passion so I'm definitely attached to the people I work with to the models so it's really heartbreaking you know when 
it happens and you're not expecting it and it literally takes you off guard especially when maybe you've put all your work you've been working on this person this person's a person who's working full-time and you already have made plans you've planned your year like around that person around that model so it's more like wow how like you start questioning yourself where did i go wrong but one thing i have come to realize is that it's not about you no matter what you do for people no matter what um no matter how much you work on someone if it's time for them to go just let them go if it's if it's going to be it's going to be just let them go and then trust the process because when this things happens it feels like you go back to who you originally are and then you start asking yourself questions and then use you it's like a growth process so you let some that you let someone go you let people go you let models go so someone else is going to take that person's position you would then see that obviously that person leaving the agency is not the end of the agency it's like more opportunities. The first time it happened, it took me all nowhere. But because that happened, I then was able to travel to Africa. I then decided, you know what, I'm actually going to start up. I'm actually going to go to Africa. I'm going to find girls who, is, who are going to work full-time girls and boys. So that was like a push for me. It basically puts you in a position of growth. Yeah. And then you literally learn to let go of people and then literally realise that whatever is going to happen in your life is not dependent on that person. Whatever is going to happen in the agency is not dependent on that one model so because it's an agency that do have a lot of models it then gives you the opportunity to actually work on other models as well so yeah yeah now i can imagine it's it's not easy but then like you're saying looking at the situation is not a loss but a a time to invest in other people a time to invest your energies elsewhere Mm -hmm. but also looking at it like an opportunity to look outside for new models that Mm -hmm. are going to bring new opportunity that are going to bring in new sources of income so it is an opportunity versus a loss and knowing that sometimes that things have to come to an end exactly you know yeah like everything everything comes to an end (laughs) at some point at some point exactly yes that is so true yeah yeah so you mentioned Africa and wanting to scout models in Africa Mm -hmm. to take over that side of the world yeah tell me a bit more about that Okay, so on the 3rd of November, we launched Youth Africa. So basically what Youth Africa is, is a link between the global fashion industry and African-based models and designers as well. So but the designer bit is still is still coming. So what we normally do or what we are doing is basically going to these African countries and organising open castings and we have a lot of people show up the first open casting we did in Dakar we had over 400 models and the excitement the the raw talent you see in Africa is just something that you cannot explain like I can imagine I know and like I'm just imagining like tall dark skin, <laughs> dark skin of beautiful girls yes. and boys yes yeah. It is, it is. And then the also also the thought that you would basically change someone's life. I mean, it, it, it's such a huge difference when you scout someone in London. They obviously have a house, they leave it with a family or they're by themselves. But it is different, you know. Like we've scouted two, like we've signed two girls who will be coming in January. So imagine we do their passports, like they didn't even have passports. Then you sort out their flights and all that. 
and then they come in to the UK. They're already placed with mod- um, with modeling agencies in Milan, Paris, New York, and Spain as well. And then they're able to actually make an income because most of the African countries do not have um, not they their jobs in Africa, right? But then you see people who have graduated for like three years, they still do not have jobs. And some of them are frustrated and um, still looking out for opportunities. So just being able to give someone this opportunity to come out from Africa, do something they actually really do love and they're able to give back to their families, able to help their families is just something that I am just really excited for. That sounds amazing. (laughs) I love that. Like, I love, love that. Was it an afterthought thinking like this really could change people's lives in the sense that they were able to earn an income, particularly for those who may not really be working or they are working, but Mm -hmm. they're just not earning um, as much as they could if they're coming all the way to London, to Paris, to Milan to work because obviously i mean the earning power is quite different mm-hmm. so like, did you ever think of that like wow this could genuinely be changing people's lives yes i do you know at first it was just like with me yeah i would literally have an idea and i just like dive right into it without really thinking about the risks involved or what i need to do so i love to take risks yeah but when it really hit me, like when the girls would email or the boys, they'll message and say, oh my God, thank you so much. Like some of them haven't even seen the amount of money we would normally transfer to the account to sort out some stuff before. And then they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. And nothing has actually really happened. Or like when they got their first visa, like they didn't even have a passport. Mm. So like when the whole thing was just hitting me. I'm like, oh my God, we're actually going to change this girl's life or change this boy's life. This is actually incredible. And then you see a girl who hasn't done any show before and then a brand like Prada is like, can we have worldwide exclusive on this girl? And obviously, you know that that one worldwide is going to change her life because the booking is like in five figures as well. So it's just one job. And then yeah. she comes... So like, a, if so, if they do like a worldwide, worldwide campaign yeah. with, let's say, Prada, like yeah. you're saying, it would be, okay, we're going to work with you over the space of what maybe like six months or just for that one particular campaign they're doing okay so for example um a model is coming from africa the client has seen her loved her i'm like we know what can we have exclusivity on this model and for the show for like during show season so that means the model can't work like do shows in london they have to go to like milan so let's say products in milan and then their first show ever is going to be prada so prada is going to pay for them to not work any show before them and then after that they can then work for other um designers Oh, I, I see. Which is, which is a huge deal in the industry. Of huge, course, huge absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, like, what's the next steps in terms of, like, Africa? Range? In terms of Africa. So, um, excitingly, I'm going back to Nigeria. Potaka to precise. So, we are having an open casting and we are also having another one in Ivory Coast as well this December. So it is really growing. So we do at the moment have a number of scouts that we work with. And um, these people are able, so in my absence right now, they're able to like organise open castings because they've been there when we had our open castings in this country or the other country. So it is really growing fast. I'm really pleased about that, especially youth Africa. We do have 
three model signs at the moment and all three are placed worldwide with two coming in in January. All visas, work permits, everything's already been sorted out. So um, I am very excited. So for 2021, I'm hoping to be able to sign at least 10 no, 15 full-time models from across Africa and bring them over to the UK, send them to New York, send them to Paris. And so that is the plan. Change as much people's lives as we can. That sounds amazing. I can think. I be one of your models now? <laughs> <laughs> you have an amazing job. Me you too. You also have an amazing business and a podcast as well. So <laughs> I've got time, I promise. Darling, <laughs> I don't think you need a modeling job, you know. <laughs> okay yeah so let's talk about money because okay. i feel like fashion is obviously in in an amazing space because mm-hmm. we're all trying to look drippy yeah. we're all trying to look what, what sort of figures are we looking at because we're trying to get that money <laughs> or for someone else that's like okay do you know what i would love to in somewhat some way whether that's being a scout whether mm. that's owning an agency whether yeah. that's working in the industry as a model what sort of money could we potentially be earning Okay, so basically that totally depends on what, I would say, what aspect of the industry you're going into. So for models, so for a day's booking, it's like £800 and then they pay an agency fee. So for like a new face, that is just like standard rate, which is like eight hours. If it's a worldwide campaign, you're looking like 10 grand, you're looking at like for a day and stuff like that. So there is obviously money, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, if you want to make money from the fashion industry, you invest, like buy stocks, buy yeah. shares in fashion brands. But there's several ways you can make money. <laughs> for sure. So for you, would you say you started your agency and mm-hmm. then suddenly you were making money or was it like a slow progress? Yeah. You know, because I think sometimes, <laughs> obviously, we're talking now and we're now talking about you booking the biggest brands. We're talking about Gucci, we're talking about Mew Mew, we're talking about LV, if you've done LV. Um, we haven't done LV, but um, it, it, is, it is on my 2021. The girls coming from Africa, they definitely would be booking Louis Vuitton. See, watch this space so we're now talking about booking the biggest fashion brands yeah. and obviously it doesn't just come easy in the next no. in the in the first two months you've done it it does take time and yeah. energy and patience yeah. hard work mm-hmm. for you how long did it get to a space where you're like this is a lucrative business i can mm. pay myself from this yeah because a lot of the times with business like in the first one to two years yeah it's a lot of investing and yeah. a lot of investing your own money that's correct without yeah. really being able to take mm-hmm. from the business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only actually recently just started taking from the business. So the first, for the first So year. actually, maybe let's begin with, when did you actually start the business? Because I, I didn't ask that to oh, begin with. Okay, so Youth Models started August 2018. Okay. So we are two years and a few months. So first year, nothing. I was actually investing in the business, investing all my money from my jobs. I had like side jobs I was doing just to keep the cash flow and because I didn't work for anyone I didn't know what kind of models that they needed I would literally scout anyone not literally anyone but someone I thought was great but as I started to know more about the industry how it worked then I knew the kind of faces that would sell then I knew the kind of faces that are called money face then I knew so it was as much as I knew and as much service i was offering that was how much money was coming in 
so it took a while for money to start coming in so like I said first first year no money like I was just putting money like just kept put, investing just investing literally investing into the business and then at a point um, I mean we met at works where I was doing three days a week and um, I would work two days for youth basically not just two days but I was always working but um, you need to be patient like really patient with the process trust the process especially if it's something that you really you know in your heart even if no one has seen it but you know in your heart that you know this thing yeah it's going to be big I feel it in my heart I've seen it so you just literally need to be invested like in your mind so if you're starting something just give yourself like five years you know what if this thing doesn't maybe work in five years, then I'm going to give up and do something else. So when you give yourself five years, it becomes shorter. But some people start out in business and they feel like, you know what, I, I have to ha- start making money. If anyone comes to you, you know, there's this business opportunity. In, in six months, you're going to make this money. Just, you know what, ignore it. Because yeah. to make money, to actually create wealth, it literally takes time to build, to lend, to fail. To fail. To fail. No, you literally make so many mistakes. I mean, someone said mistakes are like revenue. So today, now I see making mistakes like I'm looking for the mistakes because it's through those mistakes that you actually learn. And then when you're doing something, you need to like provide more service than you're being. I wasn't getting paid. I would literally respond to emails in less than three minutes. In less than three minutes, most people, like most people who are working um, for other agencies, they will take their time to respond to e- to emails. But this is something I decided that if I'm doing this, I need to do it well. If this is what I have, I have to actually sell it well. So I would respond to emails immediately. That even um, a few weeks ago, I was in I was in Berlin, and then a client emailed, and I didn't respond immediately. But because I was in between flights. He then emailed me saying, are you okay? And then I saw the email. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Um, he's like, you always reply within three minutes or less. And I was like, oh my God. So people actually notice that I do this. So basically, give yourself enough time. Learn, 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 learn. learn. I would literally listen to a lot of stuff. I would read and read and read and read. I ca- because I didn't have this experience. I didn't, Research. Yeah, so I did a lot of learning and basically learned on the job. Gave myself time to fail, to learn, to pick myself back up. And, um, and sometimes mistakes that cost you money. <laughs> a lot of money. I feel like when you lose money in business, it's not basically a loss, especially during, um, I have lost a lot of money, especially the first time we went for Paris Fashion Week. I was so uninformed, man. And because there's this rule in Paris where all the bookings have to come from, like the invoice have to come from a French agency. So I basically took a model on a flight to Paris to basically book a worldwide exclusive debut for Loewe in Paris obviously it's gonna pay a lot of money since it's exclusive but then one thing I didn't realize was that if you're not registered in France it's called a French law 
you and also LVMH house so what they normally do is that you have to book the um, you have to send an invoice through a French agency so basically I went to fr um, to Paris for Paris Fashion Week for the first time that was 2019 and I didn't know about those laws so in my mind you know what we're gonna like make a lot of money yeah because there's more money in Paris than there is in London oh really so, huh? Paris is where it is like you can't like a show the least amount you get from a show is like one five which is low low show like very low mm. like one five like paris is where it is so i was like you know what we're going to make money i'm going to cover all the expenses and all that and then the option then went off for the exclusivity and he had to do like other shows but obviously I, since I was booking the jobs, I was like, fine, I'm going to get, like, we are going to get this money. But after that, after the whole show and all that, we had to get the bookings through another French agency who then helped us with the invoicing and all that. At the end of the day, they didn't book the job, but they said, after the whole accounting thing, we lost, like, a, like, a lot of money. A lot of money. So she would say, a lot of four money. figures. <laughs> um, I think. I can't remember the exact number. It was a lot. And... The model was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed. I can imagine. And there's nothing that we could do. I I tried before. If it was just a long story, but yeah, you actually lose a lot of money, but then also know that you would make even more money in yeah. the long run. So you just when you're doing things, you just see it as an investment. Like sometimes when I travel, like all this my trips, I'm always traveling. Say I'm going to a country to scout. Sometimes I go, I do not find any model. Sometimes I go like hotel bills high, you're eating out, you're doing this and then it's like expenses is going up. But then you find one model. So how I start seeing it is that I mean, if the model comes into town books a job you're able to like cover all of those expenses yeah but when you don't find a model it's like you've lost the money like you've been in a week somewhere and then you don't find a model and it's like oh that's a lot of money gone yeah so yeah so you have to be willing to lose money to yes, make money yes yes they do say that um as well as like you know like in terms of business mm -hmm. don't expect like you were saying don't expect to make the money immediately yes. and it may take you like three four years before you really see the big numbers come yeah. in yeah um but it's just the name of the game mm -hmm. so um before we started we were talking about gucci and a campaign you guys just booked which is incredible yeah tell me a bit more about that and what we can expect from the campaign for the um, models right so we booked our first worldwide campaign that was last week which is for gucci obviously we've signed a lot of stuff to not talk about things like until it's out yeah but it's going to be out next year i'm so excited because before it happened i kept saying i need to book a campaign and i do have this rituals i go out i wake up really early i go out to run and during that time i'm speaking into my day speaking to my business speaking into my life and all of that i love so... that okay <laughs> wait we're gonna go back to gucci tell me what's the rituals like are you speaking out loud murmuring to yourself saying it in your head running and doing it or like are you a journal person because some people are or are you just like a vision board person okay right so most people i feel like 
anyone who is actually succeeding at anything they are very disciplined very consistent and also they do have rituals and one of the things i started this in 2019 in january after i came back from france from our first fashion week i was heat so badly and then i was like you know what i'm gonna start running in the morning so i started running from seven but as the time went on now i actually wake up like five 30 every day and I haven't used an alarm in over in over a year or in like two years I haven't used any alarm I wow. usually wake up the same time every day and then I go out to run I live near this really huge park and it was especially in the winter it's really dark and you're like the only person sometimes you're literally seeing your shadow most of the time and then I go out I run and then I get to a spot where at that point I stop running and then I start walking and during that walk I literally start speaking literally just sometimes if my energy is really high I speak out really loud let everything around me hear me I speak to my future I speak to my business speak to the agency speak to whatever it is my family the land the UK and the world and you know so that is something I do like. So like positive affirmations, yes. all of that yes. is, is part yeah. of your ritual. Yes. I love that. Yeah, it's, it, it really helps. It really sets you in this really high, high energy in the morning. And then you get back home or you start getting ready to go to work and all that. So, yeah. It kind of puts you in the mood for the rest of the day. Like, OK, Correct. we're speaking it into existence, mm. but we're also working it into existence. Exactly, yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> like, okay, so back to Gucci. Oh yeah. So I can. So for two months, I kept speaking our worldwide campaign into existence, and I would then send. So before then, there was this model who we had on our books. I've been working on her, so I felt like you know what? I feel like she deserves it. She, I feel like she would be the one to easily book a worldwide campaign. So I did send out like um a few proposal and all that, but it didn't seem to come. And then when she actually left and then I've been chasing Gucci since March, to be precise. Yeah, since wow. March. I was in Dakar. I, I remember being in the hotel room and I said, I really want to work for Gucci. I mean, why haven't we booked a Gucci, anything Gucci before? So I then started searching who does Gucci customs. And then I found the person on Instagram and then I just followed. And the next day, actually she emailed me because i didn't even ask her for her email i didn't even i just followed and then she emailed me saying requesting for some models and i was like oh yeah they're all based in london and we'll be ready to work but because it was like coronavirus it happened oh, and yeah. everything like shot so that literally just went in the drain but when this model actually left i basically so when a model left your agency yes, for another agency that's correct I was basically just, you know what, um, I need, he literally woke me up. I felt like maybe I let go of a few things, but he literally woke me up. And then I started contacting, I, I reached out to Gucci again. Like um, that was, I think last month I reached out to Gucci and then they started asking me questions and then they liked a model, like three models and then we booked our first worldwide campaign that literally happened so imagine something you started in march it finally came to reality in in december 
it took a while <laughs> it took a while but i mean it happened yeah, it, it and happened. the bottom line is that it happened yeah. it may have taken longer than you thought mm-hmm. but you kind of worked it into yeah. existence yeah. i yeah. love that mm-hmm. um okay so we can look forward to that next year at some next point year, seeing our first worldwide campaign is gonna launch so youth models <laughs> ex gucci i love that yeah okay so can we talk about some of the things that you do when you feel like you know things are not going well mm. the times where you feel like okay maybe we're not booking as as much as we should or we're not bringing in as much as we should what are some things that you will like work for you in terms of getting out of that rut and getting back into the flow of work of mm. making things mm. work mm. and just yeah. you know in the grind <laughs> So basically, whatever happens, I always point it back to me that I'm the problem. So because of that, like, I'm naturally a very positive person. It takes a lot, a lot, like a lot to see me down, see me a lot to see me depressed or complaining about stuff. It's, I don't know, like, ah, oh, I'm like always so positive. But then obviously life happens sometimes and then you're feeling like, you know what, especially when this is quite like what happened recently where a model left. He hit me really bad because of the words that were said. I started feeling that youth models is actually not big enough. I was at the point or the headspace where I was feeling, you know, maybe I should actually go work for an agency. But then... What, you were in a in a space where yeah, you, you wanted to quit? Not really quit, quit, as per se. But I was like, maybe I should go get more experience. Maybe, maybe get exposure. I was just like, maybe, maybe, maybe. But then what I then did was I went back to the drawing board and I said, you know what, Adora, what can you do to move forward from where you are at this point i mean you can't keep going and saying oh this should be that that should be that but what are you actually going to do and then one thing that's actually really helps me is planning so i basically take a notebook and then i do have a planning book where i write down like okay if i want to book so if you want to work for prada you need to get a prada girl if you want to work for gucci you need to get a model that looks like a gucci girl so because you i now know the systems so instead of complaining and complaining what exactly can i do that like you you found the cheat code yes exactly so basically i I speak to myself and i tell my okay yeah what can you do do you need a new face do you need this you need do you need that and then i go out and actually look for those models and then with that you're then able to book the jobs you're then able to to like move forward or yeah just keep thinking positively and I read a lot of positive stuff as well to keep me always positive I listen to a lot of tapes every day what do you listen to um there's some specific people I listen to like almost every day like every day I listen to Steve Harvey a lot I love Steve Harvey. Oh my God, Steve literally speaks to me and I, sometimes I read his books like over and over again. There's one called Jump, it's very good. Um, I listen to Bishop T.D. Jakes, he is amazing. What I basically listen to, I listen to two two interviews. I think both of them, he was being interviewed on his book. One is Saw and one is Crushing. And I think he was interviewed by Pastor Stephen, I don't know how to say the last name. So I listen to those like every day. It's crushing and so there's so there's so much in there, like so much. Uh, before I used to listen to Les Brown a lot. Another person I listen to is Dr. Miles Monroe. He's dead, but that man 
that man, yeah, that man, he would, he literally teaches you how to create wealth, how to be innovative, how to be disciplined, how to plan. I learned how to plan from him, how to plan. And on top of my list right now is a man called Jim Ron. I don't know if you know him. He is a motivational, not really motivational speaker, but he teaches the principle of wealth. Jim Ron. I've literally bought all his books, read all his books. He literally teaches you how to make money, how to keep money and how to make money work for you you. so before i used to just make money and then just let it go but then quite recently i started investing i started keeping money aside like you should listen to jim ron he is amazing he is he is he is yeah so those are like part of the people i listen to yeah so um with investing what kind of investment investing (laughs) do you um more about so is it more like stock market stock or market, are you like funds and um what else yeah so those are like for now so but next year i'm looking to get in real estate but basically not for myself personally but it's going to be for the agency in terms of expansion getting model apartments like buying out flats and stuff like that well, I feel like personally, I'm not going to get a house, not yet, because I enjoy renting and I'm not someone who wants to take up a lot of responsibility in terms of making sure this is done or that is... And then with the books I've read so far, you know how we literally like set the standard where, oh, you have to have your house, you have to have this, but... Reading a lot of financial books have literally made me realise that you really actually do not have to buy a house, like get a mortgage, because sometimes you actually even pay more. But that is a conversation for another day. Okay, now we'll we'll get into it off the podcast. But um, so you said you okay, you listen to books and it just kind of puts you in the right mindset. And you were saying obviously like about. How is it Jim Ron? How he's taught you about planning and planning for the future and all of that stuff. Yeah. Which sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. With all that you know now, the mistakes that you've made um, in your business or just in life in general, like mm-hmm. what advice would you give to yourself before you started the business? Before I started, um, I don't, so I don't think I would have done anything differently because I was, they call it, I think, um, intelligently ignorant. I didn't know what I couldn't do or what I could do. I would I would literally just throw myself into things and I didn't realise how big the stuff, especially with this industry. I didn't know I had to travel. I, I didn't know anything. I was so clueless, like so clueless, which I think has been the beauty because if I knew how difficult it was to get clients, then I would not get these clients. I mean, I have people who have been in the industry for like 10 years. They will literally email me, oh, I'm, I'm literally starting out what advice would you can you come sit with me and tell me what you've done i'm like i'm i'm a baby in this industry but because i didn't know a lot of things i just felt like you know what is possible i'm gonna do it yeah so that is the mindset that i've literally just gone with and then when things are happening and i'm really realizing that this is serious i'm like oh my god wow this is actually serious yeah like this is big like what i'm doing yes, is big yes and almost like your your ignorance let you dream and do it without fear that is correct like yes. you had like a 
you know how babies are just fearless yes. like if you let yes. babies go they will they will touch everything they'll want to grab a knife they'll mm-hmm. want to grab onto fire yeah. because they have no fear they that don't know yeah. that oh i can't just <laughs> roll off the bed because if i roll off the bed this will happen yes. so it's almost that that childlike fearlessness that mm-hmm. pushed you yes. to just go into it not realizing mm-hmm. like this is a big bad industry <laughs> and if if you let it, it it will beat you down it would definitely beat you down yeah but you were just like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and then i did it and you did it <laughs> as the boss that you are i love it i love it yeah um okay what advice would you have given to your 16 year old self then my 16 year old self i mean at 16 i was at uni already I I started life really early. I started to leave by myself really early and taking a lot of responsibility really early. How did you... Uni at 16? Talk to me. So, I mean, I was quite smart and I skipped some classes. So, I finished uni, I think, before 20, did my master. I had my master's at 21. So, my life really started really early, or 22, I think. And then after that, I started an agency. And so, things have literally just been going. So, um, I feel like for me, I've literally just always put myself out there. And honestly, one thing I've thrown myself in life is never to regret anything. So that is why most times when ideas come to me, I literally just literally just start working on it because I mean imagine you're like 80 years old and then you leave in regret that is that is something I literally never want to experience if someone asks me in 20 years time what are your regrets I really do not want to have any regrets till now I actually have no regrets most of the stuff I've done I've literally just done them and I really wanted to do them I actually have no regrets and I hope that I actually do not have any regrets my only regret might be if I do not take this agency to where it actually is supposed to be yeah that would be my or yeah that might be but every day I tell myself to live in the fullness in the fullness of my life you know because all of us here we I feel like we have an assignment in our lives I feel like God has brought us here for a specific reason for a certain purpose and if we are not able to fulfill that that is when we actually fail but then in the process where it's like Things are not working the way they should work. But if you're in your purpose, if you're living in your purpose, if you're doing, if you're being, then certainly life is going to change because we all didn't start out being great or knowing where we are going. If they told me this is where I'm going to be like two years ago, I would say... no No way yeah I wouldn't I I didn't see it you know and one thing that I actually really helped me was is this lady that I sat with Madeline she's just always at seeing it for me she because I wanted to just I wanted to be a mother agent and she said don't do that you're better a what agent a mother agent where we would look for models and then sign them to agencies in London to represent them and she told me don't do that you're better than that and 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 then I, I didn't see what she was seeing. But yeah, so we all definitely are here for a certain reason. And every day 
if we're able to leave in that every day when I go out to run I tell myself my destiny cannot be caught short I have to leave in the fullness in the fullness in the fullness I mean I wake up like sometimes I'm I'm worried that because I would sleep late and I wake up at exactly the same time without no alarm and I'm like Adora are you sure you how are you doing this like and I feel like I always want to I always want to be this kind of person and just keep growing and keep improving and yeah yeah. I don't I don't think there's anything else to say after that. <laughs> You've just said it all, babe. Just said it all. <laughs> I love that. Mm. The last question yeah. is what has twenty twenty taught you with the craziness that's going on? So yeah. we're like about two weeks away from the end of the year. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I know that's it's is gone so, so crazy. quickly. Yeah. Would you say it set you back everything that's happened or like what would you say it taught you about business and potentially being able to adapt and mm. pivot and go with the times and go with the flow of mm. the world? So I feel like my initial approach to the whole coronavirus was really good because before I travelled to set out to go to Africa, to set out you Africa was when there was a breakout. Like everyone was like, oh, coronavirus is happening. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going. I already booked my flight, booked my hotels. I'm definitely going to go. And then I went, found models and all of that. But then there were like three months of lockdown where there was no business. It was quiet. But I would say yeah, in this period, I've made more money than I made last last year when things were normal. Like the business has... I, the money I've seen this year, I haven't seen it in my life before. I'm not going to lie. So with business... We had some some moms where it was like, mm, not good, quiet, nothing. But then when it was back on, like everyone was just booking. And I was like, wow, okay, wow, great. Like it moved. But certainly so many people went through a lot of things. This year has been mentally challenging. Yeah. Like even for me on a personal level as well, it, it wasn't... It wasn't easy, but 2020 has been a bittersweet year. It stopped me a lot of things, not to hold on to people. That's like the greatest lesson I've learned this year. And then your blessing or your breakthrough is not in who's left your life or in what has left. It's in what is actually left, is what is inside of you. So 2020 has been, it's been a great year for me. I'm not going to lie. With thank God. It's been a really great, like the best year of my life ever. Oh, I love that. But... I've also had the greatest challenges business-wise. That start the year, a model actually left. That's how I started the year on a really low note. It was bad. Mm. It was the first time it hit me. For I've had so, like so many challenges, but the thing is that I have grown through all of it. Like this year, I've grown so much. So yeah, twenty twenty has been a year of growth, massive growth. Absolutely, it's, yes, definitely been a challenge and a year of growing and everything. But the one thing I I have loved to see mm -hmm. is people continuing to flourish. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not the same for everybody and mm -hmm. it's not been everybody's reality, but yeah. just especially um, witnessing people's growth, their business journeys via social media and mm -hmm. so many black women bossing it and Isn't doing it? amazing <laughs> things. Literally, like so many black-owned brands, black female-led brands flourishing. Mm -hmm. There's like this one particular 
girl like she's american and she owns a cosmetics line called yeah. i think it's called moon moon x and she went viral yeah like after she posted a, a video where basically she had a drop for her cosmetics line yeah. and she literally sold Say a that. million oh my dollars God. in literally a million dollars in eight minutes what that is eight insane. minutes guys eight minutes she sold a million dollars worth of products wow. from home. Oh my I days. said, because yeah. literally, and then I think she posted like her, um, a YouTube video later on. Yeah. But you literally see her, like her and her team, obviously they're working yeah. and they're working towards um, this new drop and just them like predicting like, oh, I wonder like how much mm. we will make. So I'm getting, I'm guessing she was thinking, oh, like probably like six figures yeah. um, because there was so much build up yeah. waiting for her drop um, and so much anticipation that had mm-hmm. built up. So to see her literally sell out, actually, no, she didn't even sell out. She literally had to put a stop to the, she was, okay, no, sh- shut the site down because obviously we're going to have to fulfill these orders and yeah. do it within a certain time. Yeah. So us selling more is kind of being um, being a little bit greedy. Yeah. So let's just make sure that we're able to satisfy the customers mm. we have now. Mm. Um, there's always more money to be made. Yeah, of course. You know, and yeah. obviously we've got the demand. Mm-hmm. I've built the demand and yeah. I've, I've built products that speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Therefore, there's always opportunity to make money. more money. Yeah. So shut the site down. We've <laughs> made over a million shut it down <laughs> we'll do it again another time yeah. i said look at god I'm like do it, just yeah like wow. girls are killing it girls are absolutely killing it mm. to i'm not sure if you know farai london which is like a black owned i've heard of i've seen her brand as well yeah right it's, it like, is great it is absolutely great. beautiful and seeing how um, she literally i think she just launched this year and launched during the pandemic Really? To to now her clothes being worn by all the models, being mm. worn by the Kylie Jenner. I know. To then probably like selling out. I'm like, <laughs> you girls are killing it. The girls are killing it this girls year and I love it. it. Black girls in it. Girls. we love to see it we love to see it. we love to hear it for real okay so and wait this is the second time we're doing this by the way <laughs> so quick backstory this is the second time me and adora are having to do this interview because initially yeah. we did it a few months ago yeah a few months ago yeah and you were in nigeria at the i time. was in nigeria so i think <sighs> we either it did it over zoom or did it over some sort of something online yeah and we did it it was amazing and then when it came to like saving it just the, the audio just disappeared into the thin air into into the oh into the world wide web so <laughs> because the dedication is real and it i is. really really wanted to talk to you just because like mm. ever since i met you i was like she's a boss babe such an amazing <laughs> story so yeah thank you for doing it again and doing it in person where can we find you where can we go to stalk you Oh, on Instagram, my art is Adora Mepa. So our agent is called Youth Models. So it's Youth Models underscore on Instagram. Yeah, and Youth Models Africa soon comes, so you can watch out for that too. Yes, keep an eye, keep an eye. We also have an Instagram, so Youth Africa underscore, yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. and that is it for this episode. As for me, you know where to find me, Instagram at nominoms, at Dreams of Money podcast. 
at Coffee Collection. You know it's Christmas, so make sure to shop the collection. Buy your sister, buy your friend, buy your mom something pretty, something nice, so she can you know go out and slay. And that is it. Thank you, Adora. I appreciate you coming out and spending your evening with me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you've loved this episode, make sure to subscribe, review and tell a friend and I'll catch you on the next episode.